When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. There's Amir Coffee, his dad played at the U. Coffee takes it inside for two. That's really a tough matchup. But Graham, I'm telling you, if Minnesota can just get a couple of. Oh! oh! He just crowbarred one in! Minnesota, Big Ten teams meeting in the second round. Very rare from the same conference this early. Tillman had it knocked away by Coffee. Shot clock at two. Winston, three, no. Kind of a buzzkill. I. So. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, Rami is uh, back tomorrow on the show. But I can't think of the last time that I went seeking a bar to watch a Gophers basketball game, especially during March Madness period. And that bar, not not just like me being a dorky Gopher basketball fan and sitting down alone and like making them change the channel, but like where I went to a bar yeah. with the gal... Huh? And it was full of Gophers fans ready to cheer for the Gophers against Michigan State. And they fall down by 10 points, and it's obvious that Jordan Murphy's not going to play. And it was the most anticlimactic Saturday night bar excursion of all time. Fun season. I think it was a successful season. Maybe we can debate that. But um, but it was definitely, like, from what, what I thought was good. I thought it was going to be a competitive game, and Jordan Murphy was going to make it sort of close. And then he and it might have been it was too. like, good God. Yeah. Why can't we have nice things? So I tweeted this after the game, and and I sincerely mean this. All right, they won one game. Now the Big Ten tournament ended up being more fun than I think we expected, right? So let's give let's give the team, the Gopher basketball team, a week and a half of it. It was fun. Yeah, I tweeted this, and I meant it. It says something about the state of sports in this town right now, especially men's sports. When you know what, it was still fun. Like, with where we are right now, if you think yeah. about it, with where the Wild is, with where the Wolves are, the Twins we don't know yet, the Vikings season just passed. When you consider all of those things, it's really difficult to look at a first-round win and be like, oh, but you lost in the second round, so this is really bad. I think that we are in such a, a sports drought here. It's, it's, so, it's the desert land of sports. And with where things are... That was still fun, and Saturday was tough, and I get that. But Thursday was fun. Yeah. And, and how long, Phil, how long has it been, a year plus probably, 
since we had something that we could say for men's sports in this town, that was... Uh, yeah, it's, well, go through the list of teams, right? Well, I mean, I'm the, thinking Mir- Vikings, the Minneapolis Miracle would, Vikings playoffs. would be a landmark. Yeah. I but, mean, for for us to have been not at least severely disappointed by one of the teams, and I, you and I were both sending out similar tweets in terms of, all right, this was, you know what? And I classified it as a fun, successful season. And, you know, the, the pushback that I, I think a lot of people agree, but the, the, the pushback that drives me nuts is, you need to raise your expectations for this program, or you need to raise the bar. If 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 you thought that was an exciting season, they were below 500 in conference, and they only won one NCAA tournament game, and et cetera, et cetera. And I would turn that around and say, what in the history of this program, other than one year, mm-hmm. one year, or if you want to go back to like the early 80s, back to the mid 70s when they had the number one overall pick at one point, and Kevin McHale, and they had some NBA-caliber players 40 years ago. What, over the course of the last 35 years, besides 1997, would lead you to think that this wasn't a fun and successful season for the Gophers? That's the question I want to pose to the negatives out there. People that look at the Badgers, probably, right? Who, by the way, lost... In, in the first round of this tournament. That's the long-term okay, so, bar. That's the long-term so, bar. Yeah, and, and so I would say to you, to what you said, my expectations, and I tweeted the same thing after the Gophers beat the Badgers in football. My expectations for the long view are raised. Okay, continue the success. Sure. Like, like, let's not have one fun NCAA tournament game or or go to Madison and win one game and then regress. Let's see that built upon. And a lot of... Gopher fans, when I tweeted that, were, were like, you're never happy with this. And I'm like, no, no, this is an expectation that from here on out, if the coaching is as good as I think it possibly can be, mm-hmm. things will improve. But I wasn't sitting there on Saturday with with this team playing essentially with no bench and and one of its star players hurt and saying to myself, this is a colossal disaster. So my comeback to what you said is, yes, my expectations are raised. I, I expect things in the coming seasons for football and basketball to definitely be improved. But that doesn't mean that I didn't watch Thursday's game and then saw what happened on Saturday and said, oh, now this is terrible. Mm-hmm. They had no bench. When when Jelly Bean played on Saturday... Uh, it's Jelly Fam. Okay, whatever his name is, when, when Isaiah Washington had to play, you basically said, the game is done. Can I say, can I pat myself on the back and say, I, I called that, I, we were at Whitey's in Northeast... I know you love Whitey's oh, and Northeast. Really? And Whitey's because it's just down from campus. That's a great, yes. And there was a oh, ton of Gopher fans in there. Great little bar. And there was even like there was a Gonzaga cluster of fans. It was March Madness hopping and packed to the gills on Saturday night. It was nice. un- unexpected, super fun atmosphere. Uh not that Whitey's is an unexpected awesome place, but for that type of a night with basketball games going on. And I said they were down by like whatever the hell, 15 points or something early on. And I said, I think they're going to put in Isaiah Washington because they don't have a choice. So like you if, you're going, playing? if you're going down the list of things that you could... So Jordan Murphy's out. He's yep. one of the best players in program history. One of the best rebounders in program history. And you're down by 15 to a, to a far superior team. Yep. And you got Mr. Basketball in New York tucked away on the bench over here. And, you know, what if he gets hot and hits a few three-pointers and he went out there and jacked up a bunch of shots and it didn't work? But your season at one point was resting on whether he got hot, right? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> your season was done. Yeah. Um, so the, the the other thing, too, 
is, and it's a fair question to to pose, but I think if you're posing it, if you're posing the question to try and put a gotcha on Richard Pitino, I think that's the wrong spirit. The question of, well, why was there talk of Tubby Smith needing to be fired after he won an NCAA tournament game right. and then lost to, I believe, a two-seed? Two? Florida was a two-seed mm-hmm. after the Gophers beat UCLA. Um, or maybe they were a three-seed, but kind of a similar circumstance. Well, why is why is there no talk about Richard Pitino? And and I would say this, the situations on paper, if you just look at wins and losses and, and how many years they had coached, both guys had coached, Patino and, and Tubby, had coached six years at Minnesota. Uh, both had a couple stinker seasons. Patino's bottom end was much lower than Tubby Smith's bottom end. And then both in their sixth season won an NCAA tournament game and then got beat in the second round. And in one case, it was obvious that the, that the, the Tubby Smith should be let go and it's time to move on. And like, why isn't that the case with Richard Patino? And I would say, first of all, Patino is building something here that could be sustainable for the next five, 10 years. If he keeps bringing in talent and if he, he's only in his mid thirties. And I think it's, I think it's fairly clear that based on where this program was, between 1997 and maybe like Tubby Smith put some life into it and where Patino has it right now, not last year at this time, but where he has it right now with yep. maybe coffee coming back and Oturu yep. and Kalsher. Um, I, I think I look at this as a crescendo still. And I looked at Tubby Smith as that dude's in his mid sixties. It's just, you got to find a coach, a long-term coach of the future and that's what differentiates the two scenarios to me, anyways. Yeah, and the if you you recall too, in Tubby's case, the AD w- was dying to make a change, and the AD thought I can get Chaka Smart. Yeah, which so so the circumstances are entirely different. Patino, if Patino was ever going to be fired by by the administration that exists right now, it would have been right after Coyle got hired, and and at Coyle's introductory press conference, the president of the school basically admonished the basketball coach. Yeah, and I believe that he survived that. Because at that time, the buyout was so damn high. But I've been told that Coyle likes Patino. So I, I don't think that there's anything. I think the the years are the same, but the circumstances and relationships are so different yeah. that, that I don't think Coyle is looking to make a, a change here. I do think that there's going to be rightfully so raised expectations. Mm-hmm. But the tubby thing was basically creepy teagy deciding I can get this big-time basketball coach. Because keep in mind, too, Norwood Teague was here largely because of one sport, basketball. Mm -hmm. No football experience, I believe, unless you include his time as an administrator, but not AD, at North Carolina. And so Teague's whole philosophy was, I'm going to get Shaka Smart, and we're going to sell the barn out, and it's going to be great. And then Patino, if I'm not mistaken, was his fifth or sixth choice because Mm -hmm. people said, Norwood, I don't want to work for you. Here's another one, too, that... It's it's easy to throw out because it's a headline number, the forty and seventy record in conference. You got to raise your standards. You're vouching for a coach that's forty and seventy in conference, right? And of course, on the surface, that looks terrible. But it's only it. it, it I, if, if you're going to look at the four and fourteen and the two and sixteen seasons, which are really like the, I mean, that's twenty four games under five. He's thirty games under five hundred. It's those two seasons basically, which are why he's so far under five hundred. If you think that those two seasons are the norm or are going to be repeated going forward or are like the seasons that he's 
about to stumble upon next year or the year after, then okay, now we have a problem. Yeah, then he's gone. Yep. But if you look at those seasons and think, well, a lot of injuries, some suspensions, and some things that were just either bad luck or things that you've sort of corrected with your recruiting process, then why do they even matter? It, it, like they they shouldn't matter if you if you think that. NCAA tournament appearances and 24 and 22 win seasons and 9 and 11 or 11 and 7 in conference, which is two of the last three years. If you think that those are more the norm, then the 40 and 70 overall conference record doesn't really matter because that's not what that's not where the bar is anymore. The bar is 20 plus wins regular season, be competitive in conference and win some games against ranked teams and bring in some talent. I think it's very fair in the next three, two to three years to expect to see marked improvement in basketball and football. And I think that's entirely fair. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to see what this team did this year in basketball and, and this past year in football and say, okay, build off of this. I think that's entirely fair. Um, but I do go back to the fact of I just feel bad for us as sports fans when our male sports teams, pro and college, basically, we have to, and I'm not joking here, we have to celebrate a first-round victory in the NCAA basketball tournament because what the hell else do we have yeah. right now? But that's okay. That's a, that's a sad statement. But the and go- I wish the bar was Boston. Hell, I'll take Chicago. Sure, but, the, but like the Gophers shouldn't have to wear the the Vikings' No, no, but, right? but I'm saying don't expect me. It's very hard for me to sit at a bar watching that game on Saturday and get really mad when I consider the lack, the lack of success. I, I'm not I'm not bringing this down on the golfers. What I'm saying is, it was still a fun week plus, and and I think even I, a guy that likes to point out the bad, look at things like this, and and I'm like, if you can't enjoy what happened in the last week plus for golfer basketball, then what the hell can we enjoy? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it would have been. A joyous ending if Jordan Murphy were hell, 100% healthy it's and played. I don't think he's like a 20-point difference in that game. But he's the 10-point difference, right? Like, it, they, they lose don't, by 8? They don't fall behind by 10 right away, right? Okay. They get rebounds, they score. They were 5 for 27, I want to say, from the field at one point. I hate to bring the bar this low, but it's how I feel right now. Yeah. Well, it's where the it's kind of where the bar is for for the Gophers football Which and Which is why we both at the bar. Yeah, that's true. Man, you guys... Hey, Jimmy. You guys really have a low bar, let me tell you. I mean... Patino's program, he's got no one coming in next year. Zeke Nanji is going to Arizona. Matthew Hurt's not coming here. Tyrell Perry's going to, to South Carolina or somewhere. There, he has no recruits coming from Minnesota, right? So when you look at the state of the program, I think it's a lot like Tubby's in 2013. He's got no one coming in. He's losing his best player. you got – there's no guarantee that um, – uh, the big guy who's got the bad feet is going to ever play again. Curry, with any consistency. Um, Omersa is not really ready for prime time. I mean, I think Arturo is good. But, I mean, he's got no one coming in, you guys. I mean, That's I don't the, know but, what planet well, you're living on. Jimmy, still, but Jimmy, I, mean, I had to Google yeah. his name because I'm not as plugged into recruiting as other people. Right. But he brought in a four-star recruit for next year. He's going to be a freshman shooting guard named Trey Williams. He's from Utah. And he's one of the. I want to say he's yeah, he's 18th best shooting guard in the country, and he's a four star recruit. So you can't you can't say that he's bringing okay. in nobody. That's not true. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But but you but you look at the rest of the Big Ten, they're getting better. I mean, Penn State. You know what? If I'm Penn State, I go hire Rick Pitino. I mean, that would put them on the map. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't I mean, it? I mean, I'm just saying. 
<laughs> and I mean, look at guys. I mean, his program is an average program, and like you said, I think Phil or someone, Minnesota's happy with being average. I'm not. I'm, I'm just happy with the tournament that. win, Jimmy. That's <laughs> all. I'm happy. I, I'm literally happy with any <laughs> postseason success I can bleed from this town. Yeah, yeah. But don't, Sorry. don't look at it for next year. Don't look at it for next year. I'm telling you, unless he turns something around with them, some spring signees, I don't see this team being very good without a point guard. Okay, but they didn't have a point guard this year. I got a year. question They for didn't you have then. a point guard this here's year. My qu- here's my question. Here's my question. Let's all take a step back and ask this question. What should the expectation be? Like, I do expect improvement, but if you're expecting Big Ten titles, folks, I don't know I can help you there. I think the expectation should be an NCAA tournament berth, and if you can win a couple games, that's pretty damn good. But what should the expectation yeah. be? Like, what What do, short of t- of saying what we all would like to see, which is it'd be great to win an NCAA championship. Okay, not going to happen. What should the expectation be? Well, let's talk about expectations here when it comes to recruiting. Just let's let's stay on this for a second. 651-646-8255. We'll get to our guy Chancey in just a second if, if you have thoughts on this. 651-646-8255. We're also live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash score north. Got to put the link out on social. Um, okay. Last caller, Jimmy in Phoenix, mentions Trey Jones. Well, he's not getting Trey Jones. He's not getting Blake. He's not getting Trey Jones. Trey, about the last Trey, week, yeah. Trey Jones went to Duke. Yes. But when I hear that, I think... Well, Patino is falling short of what other coaches, if you searched far and wide, would be able to do here at Minnesota. There's not a coach in America that would take this job and get Trey Jones to go from committing to Duke a year ago to Minnesota. Correct. Like you said, well, what about Fred Hoiberg? You think if if a player has a chance to play at Duke compared to Minnesota, that's where we get we get so caught up in what we want this program to be. And then you look around the country, and it's been, like, you could say Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys went, was at Duke, basically, right? Chris Humphreys had committed to Duke, and they did a last-minute about-face. And so there are some circumstances where maybe that McDonald's All-American has a change of heart at the very last minute. Um, but I just, I get so sick of the, do something first, and then guys like Trey Jones will stay. If you put your program on the map... well. Sweet 16 and a couple different And times. you're talking about do something for years. It can't be yeah. one year. Yeah, but, but we'll, Patino start, talked we'll about, start with one Patino year. Patino talked about that last week. And he was right because he kept, he said, I'm tired of the narrative. I don't get local kids. I've got three playing for me, and they're pretty good. And he's right about that. Oturo, sure. I think, is a very good player. Yeah, Kelsher basically won that first-round game against Louisville for them. But I come back to this. And, and listen... Some of these seasons, uh, because of injuries, suspensions, ineptitude, I don't know what the Patino has had have been unacceptable, okay? We all agree. But what should the expectation be? I think if you make the NCAA tournament, that's a pretty good first step. I like to see that. Win two games. Now, are we talking about occasionally? I I think what people would like to see, but they forget that the success was, was slow to come because he also had a rebuild to do. And the record probably is not as great as we recall it being. I think what people want is Clem back. But if you well, look they get, at they got him, they got a coach who was thirty games under five hundred. Yeah, like but, Clem was. but if you right, right, right. So if you if, but if you go back now in Google's Clem's years, there were some great pop up years, but there were also some not so great years. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the problem is is now because that's so long ago, we seem to recall. But Clem took him to a Final Four. Yeah. Okay, he did. Well, he didn't, but he did, but he really did, I think. But anyway, 
people are like, well, but that should be the bar. That's what he did. But look at other years there, too. And so so I really think we have to stop and ask ourselves, all right, year after year after year of watching this program, what do we expect from this program? Uh, he, there, there's another player, too, this Marcus Carr, who transferred from Pitt, who had to sit out a year. Yeah, he's right? the kid that got the yeah, he bad was, deal, supposedly. Correct. So he is a guard who played uh, his first year at Pitt. Ten points a game, four assists. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can shoot a couple three-pointers. Is he going to be the best guard in the Big Ten? No. Are they To, to say that they're not adding anyone and they're not bringing in talent, yeah. that dude's going to play next year, too. Let's do this. We've got... We'll start with our guy, Chansey. Uh, Scott, Joe, let's just open up a forum here. Was this a successful season for the yes. Gophers? Are, or are we are we just looking at the rest of and what Minnesota do, sports misery? And, and what do you expect from this program? Sure. I think that's very fair. 651-646-8255. We also have to get into the nerdiest sports things we still do as adults, because had an example over the weekend for myself that I'd like to yes, you admit. Uh, but Federated Mutual Insurance Company is reminding us to drive safe, and they're here to keep us safe on the roads and in our cars. You know, the human brain, despite what we think, is incapable of focusing on two tasks at one time. We cannot multitask. It's a fact. Here are some facts on distracted driving from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you. you know, 3,450 people died in distracted driving accidents in 2016 in the United States. Teens were the largest group reported as distracted at the time of the fatal accident. 391,000 were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. Now, cell phones or uh, mobile devices are the most talked about distraction on the road. But there's plenty of other things and objects that break our concentration. The radio, food, drinks, passengers, all vying for our attention. So... It's all about just paying attention when we're driving and making sure our attention is where it needs to be and doing our part to help everyone make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North will be broadcasting live from Kieran's Irish Pub this Thursday from noon until 6 p.m. for the Minnesota Twins season opener. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. We're looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. And rain snuck out of the forecast a day or two ago for Thursday, but now it's back off, according to the old iPhone. Really? Okay, good. But it looks like it's going to be 50, maybe some clouds. Nothing too nothing too stormy, at least according if to my if iPhone. If it's 50, I'm all in. Yeah, well, it's going to be like 63 the day before. So it's going to maybe feel colder I, on Thursday, but I we can't complain weather. after what happened. I love ago. this weather. So, all right, we're, we're currently in the middle of a State of the Gophers basketball program discussion here. Mackie and Judd, Rami back tomorrow. And we're going to get to Chansey and Scott and Joe and Tim because we want everyone's thoughts. A, was this a successful season? And B, what should expectations be going forward? Is our bar too low? Should we should we raise that bar? But real quick, I saw this come across. This is big time. It's happening. Well, no, not Twins wins necessarily. Williams Ostadio officially, uh, Rocco Badelli said today, will be on the Twins opening day roster. Yes. Ryan Harper also has made it, as has Tyler Austin. Okay. Tyler Austin's a bit of a... So Tyler Austin, which I thought he might not, but he might be out of options. Okay. But Ostadio has made the opening day roster. Beautiful. The world, the baseball world remains fun. With oh, Williams absolutely. Actually, Seth and I, in the prep room a little bit ago, were watching MLB Network 
Seth intentional talk. Yeah. And they had Williams Astadio as a breakout star this season. I think it was Kevin Millar who had who had that. How great would that be? That happen? Oh my god. The, the marketing opportunities, if that comes to fruition, would be fantastic. <laughs> yes. The marketing opportunities would be endless with Big Willie. Can we get like a bobblehead where the helmet flies off and and multiple chins. So how how do you build a bobblehead like with chin fat? Well, they've done a Bartolo Cologne one, haven't they? Sure did they do a Bartolo Cologne bobblehead for the twins? They did the T-shirt they did the giveaway. Team, it was just the T-shirt giveaway. But could you? Because you would have to have the fat face bobblehead. Yeah, I'm sure there's been. Teams I mean, that, not like if, that if, I'm not that I'm throwing any stones here. If there's a Pablo Sandoval bobblehead somewhere, then good point. You can pretty much just copy that. Uh, Chancy in Fargo, what's going on, dude? Hey guys, good to talk to you this afternoon. I'll take a stab at answering your question about what the bar should be for success for this program. Uh, with the current college basketball landscape, Big Ten averages probably eight to nine teams in the tournament every year. So my standard is they should be a tournament team every year or four out of five. I don't care if they win a game, lose a game, win three games, whatever. But I want to see a tournament team consistently. And I think when you're figuring that all you need to do is finish in the top eight to nine in your conference to do that, that should be attainable. I'd also like to say, Phil, uh, you did a good job defending Patino. I'm not calling for his head. I think he definitely should keep his job this year. But could you lay out some specific parameters under which next season you would call for his head? Let's say he misses the tournament. How many games do they have to win? What, do you, what would you have to see where you would say, you know what? It is time to look. And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Ed. I love the reverse-engineered negativity there, Ted. Setting me up to, all right. You did a good job. I know job that you're more of an optimistic guy, but for you to want to call for his head, what yeah. would it be? well, I'll answer that. So, well, two things. Let's let's start with the first point he made, which is he wants to see annual or four out of five years NCAA tournament. That's a long term goal. I would love that. That would be awesome. In, in that case, now you're among the probably the five best teams, maybe six in the Big Ten. It's usually about seven Big Ten teams that get in. Mm-hmm. This year it was eight. I was going to say his, aggressive. His math, his math is a bit aggressive because it's ordinarily not eight. Correct. But let's say it's six or seven. And it's it, so six or That's seven, fair. and you're one of them. I would say three out of five years for this program. Keep in mind, even if you include. The 90s, the three that were taken away, the three NCAA tournament appearances that are taken away, this they've only been 14 times ever. 14 times ever. So it's not for, for, to say a, a program that's gone 14 times ever to, to then all of a sudden they're going to be going 14 times in the next like 15 or 20 years. That's okay. Just know three that out of five is very fair, though. But you can't just like snap your fingers and that's say, That's a fair. Let's let's take it more seriously and snap our fingers and now Trey Jones is no you have to you have to do the work you have to bring in players and overachieve three and, out of five years Trey Jones still ain't coming I don't think no. by the way well what's 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 going to have to happen though at some point and this happens in football too you have to if you want to take a program that's either subpar or mediocre and get it to that top level you have to take a collection of players and and have them overachieve and go further than you're supposed to and then all of a sudden you're on the radar right you're, you're yeah. take a collection. Like VCU, let's take a collection and go to the well, bleeping Final Four, and then all of a sudden, Shaka Smart gets a job that he probably wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Right? Keep, keep in mind, too, th- there's one very important dynamic that we completely f- forget here as we pine for the days of Clem, and that was this. If you recall, when, when the one-and-done started and Clem was here, and then that was also the time where guys were going directly to the pros from high school, if you recall what Clem did and he was very good, good at was Clem recruited the next wave of kids who were going to stay for probably three or four years. And he might get a Bobby Jackson or 
Ava Sean, but he had mainly kids who were really good players but were not superstars. Jordan Murphy. And he would coach them up and keep them here for four years. Mm -hmm. And by year four, those kids, Murphy, were Mm -hmm. very good. So, so again, the revisionist history is probably like, well, Clem got all these stars. No, Clem didn't. And Clem didn't even like those kids. Mm -hmm. Clem wanted guys that he could keep, and Clem wanted guys that he could coach. Yeah. Okay, so the other part of the question, what would it take for positive Pollyanna Phil to want to fire Richard Pitino next year? Call for a sec. And it would have to be two things. You'd have to have another one of these, like, 4-14 and conference seasons where you for sure miss out on the NCAA tournament. So it would have to be a really down year and the 2020 recruiting class, so not this upcoming one, but the one after that, is a disaster too. So now you're back to being a bottom five Big Ten team, and there's no hope on the horizon. Mm -hmm. That's what it would have to be. I mean, if they, next year, let's say they miss the NCAA tournament, but they go like 8 and 12 in conference, and they're, you know, whatever, like they're fine, but they've got some players coming in. I'm not going to, that's not enough for me to say he deserves to be fired. And maybe my bar is too low, but that's why we're having this forum. The thing that would get Patino, I think, would would be is if they disappointed, and and it wasn't an utter disaster, but they disappointed the barn's not filled again, and and there's a Hoiberg type out there who they might pursue. Mm-hmm. I, I think his job largely, if they have if they have an okay but not great year, his job could hinge on the fact that this school looks around football stadium not full, hockey not full at all, and and for this program that's a big uh, deal. If if the arena's not full for hockey, and if the basketball is, or arena's not filled at all as well, that would be what would get him because then Coyle would have the inherent pressure of the people coming and saying, we've got to make more money. Yeah. Was it a successful season for the Gophers? What should expectations be going forward? Mackie and Judd with Rami. Scott and Shoreview, the floor is yours. Well, guys, what's the definition of insanity? Isn't it doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Being a sports uh, fan in this state, Scott, yeah. that's the definition of so insanity. Scott, and we've all reached it. Scott is saying let's all move to a different state. Should we go to Boston? <laughs> I've been uh, a season ticket holder in the barn for 40, 40 years, sitting in the same seat watching, oh, uh, watching all this. So you can basically quiz me on anything, anything you want on this topic. I, I think I've seen it all. I... I think, you know, success is probably, you know, if we can get, if, if we can come out of this uh, 12 and 8, 13 and 7, I think that's, that's, that's huge success from, from what I've seen here. It's the Michigans and Michigan States aren't, aren't going away. Um, but I, I do think, you know, like we, we need shooting guards, obviously. We, we need a five that can actually step out and shoot the three. That's kind of what Wisconsin and now Iowa are. You know that's how they're getting their bread bread buttered. It's you know the game's changed in that regard. Um, I think you know P- Patino survives. He needs to get keep getting those Minnesota kids. The, the three that he got very good. Um, you know this year not so much, but you know if he can continue to recruit the Minnesota kid and not not let guard get him over in Wisconsin, that's certainly a, a start. But. Uh, I think this year was a success. I was down in Des Moines on Thursday. I couldn't make it on Saturday, but it was a great scene and tons of Minnesota people there. Um, you know, I'd like to get back to the days of the barn being full, but I think when the Timberwolves came in the late 80s, early 90s, it kind of divided up some of the, sport, the basketball fan community. But, you know, basketball doesn't take much 
five guys on the court. It just takes one or two, one or two great players, yes. and uh, it can make a huge difference. So that's the so Scott just nailed it there. Scott, that's a great phone call. It's if if you're comparing, let's say the Gopher football team to the Gopher basketball program, and which which program has a better chance to get to that next level and stay there for a sustained period of time. It's a lot easier, in ba- and neither one is easy, but it's a lot easier in basketball to get that one extra recruit once every two or three years to impact your team than it is in football where you can get that one extra recruit, but you got a 100 dudes on your roster, and you know the recruiting classes are 20 every single, what, 20, 25 you're bringing in. Like Michigan and Ohio State are bringing in somewhere between 8 and 20 four- and five-star recruits every single year or between like 8 and 15, the Gophers never get four-star recruits. So if the Gopher football program were to, let's get it, win a big bowl game and take a step forward, it might be that you get two four-star recruits now instead of zero, but the teams you're trying to catch are getting like 10 or 12. But in basketball, if you make an unexpected run to the Elite Eight with players you're not supposed to, and then maybe the next year you make a run to the Sweet 16 and you just like have a couple seasons where luck goes your way, seeding goes your way, maybe it's... Bradley in the second round instead of Michigan State and you get to the Sweet 16 and all of a sudden now you're on national TV again and people are raving about the coach and and that sways one extra recruit that can make a huge difference in basketball and if if you have a star player maybe two but if you have a star player and then a roster of veterans who have been there you you can have success you can win two games maybe three games Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just think it's interesting though to come full circle on this conversation that there is this expectation of some that, well, why can't this be a school that wins consistently? And, okay, I'm there too, would love to see it, but my question is, how do you get there? Because when's the last time the school was there? When's the last time? And and the Clem stuff was fun, but the Clem stuff was also up and down. And, people have, dis- down. and people have dismissed that. They, they want to point at Clem's successes, but keep in mind, what what was it? Nineteen ninety a sweet sixteen run, elite eight in ninety one, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. and then you come to ninety seven and make the final four run. So this was not you know year after year after year great success. Like imagine putting let's 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 take Clem Haskins and put what what happened his first six years. Let's put that into today and today's twenty four seven media cycle and social media and pitchforks right. So 30 games under 500 the first six years, although in the middle of that, it was an Elite Eight run and a Sweet 16 run, right. so granted. Right. Um, and, and But then right after that, back to 12-16 and 16 in 1991 with a 5-13 and 13 conference record, under 500 in conference, and missing the NCAA tournament the next year. And and like, what would people have been saying there? Well, the program is, wow, it's, well, they it were peaked fr- and it took a step back. They were frustrated at the time. What I don't recall is the he should be – Fire talk at that time because they didn't have Twitter. Yeah, but, <laughs> like but I mean, there, there was you didn't hear from there people. was frustration, but I don't recall the he's got he's got to be replaced conversation that, that we seem to get now. Mm-hmm. If a guy like Patino has two bad years, yeah. In fact, just for fun, so Clem Haskins, if you take his first six years with the Gophers, in which he was thirty games under five hundred, and then you combine it with his four years before that at Western Kentucky, okay, in the Sun Belt Conference. And add on those records, which is six, four, four, fourteen. He was eight games under five hundred in conference. Well, there he was almost forty games under five hundred in conference in the decade leading up to when they finally figured it out. Now, in the middle, it helps when you go to the elite eight, pop up right, one the year, unexpected obviously. runs. Yep. 
uh, 651-646-8255. Tim in Minnetonka, stay to go for basketball. What's going on, man? So I kind of hold dual citizenship when it comes to my uh, sports fandom. Um, born and raised here in Minnesota, obviously live here now, but uh, did spend my college years stumbling around uh, State Street in uh, Madison. Wow. Um, so I think overall you'd have to say the Gopher season was a success. But, Judd, I think you mentioned, you know, what's the bar? Yep. Well, if the bar is Wisconsin, what Gopher fans have to realize is they don't get their best in-state recruits. Diamond Stone went to Maryland. Um, imagine Tyus Jones not going to Duke but going to Purdue. <laughs> People would be freaking out. Um, Henry Ellenson went to Marquette. And then most recently they actually did land one of the top guys, um, but Calipari came in at the very last minute, probably promised him a starting job, and he was gone. And he's been a phenomenal shooting guard for uh, for Kentucky this year. So I think you can say, yes, the Badgers can be the bar and, and the consistency from the Gophers should be there. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're still going to get those top-tier guys. Yeah, let's let's keep rolling through a couple calls here. Uh, Joe in St. Paul, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Uh, no Rami today. He'll be back tomorrow. Hey, guys. Uh, great program. Say, I have a couple of thoughts, uh, present and future. Um, regarding this season, I, you know, I'm kind of from the same perspective you two are, where I was uh, down on Patino after suffering for 42 years, the basketball fan, uh, you know, the guy was in his sixth year, and they didn't seem to be going anywhere. And then the team made the run, of course, at the end of this season, beating Purdue, got to the quarterfinals in the Big Ten tournament, and then, of course, there's the one uh, win in the big tournament. So, you know, clearly I think Patino has to come back. Um, you know, looking ahead, you know, the key obviously is who's he bringing in. And there was one caller saying there's nobody coming in. Well, there's a f- couple of folks coming in. You know, you always got to be careful with these um, recruits, three-star, four-star, you know, whatever they are. We got, you know, we saw that with Washington, and uh, he hasn't panned out to, to be all that much as a four-star. The, um, the, the Trey kid, I would suggest, um, you know, wait and see, but this is a kid who is a two-way player, so he's not going to come in as the, uh, you know, the, the barn burner from a standpoint of scoring, although I think he can score, but he's the person that they always put on their, the opposing team's best player, uh, and this is a team that, that plays at a higher level uh, division schedule. They're, they're like the... Um, can't remember the the Oak Hill Academy and teams like that. So they're playing these these high test teams, and so he is their best lockdown defender. So it's always good to bring in defenders, as we know, IU Timberwolves. And so uh, I think uh, you know if the kid kid pans out, that's great. The team still needs to add another big though, because as we saw this year, they are really short in terms of their depth from that standpoint. Yeah. Thanks for uh, for the call. I'm going to go through a couple more here since we we've been blabbing quite a bit here. AJ in St. Paul. You're out with yeah, Mackie hey, and Hey, I'm okay with Patino. I mean, you know, he's. I, I, I think he, I think he's got good potential. But I do think it's funny you guys are trying to downplay Clem's time here. Nobody has had close to the success Clem's had in March in his six-year stretch. Not even close have we got to the Final Four, Elite Eight, or the Big Dance. So. You know, I mean, yeah, he had some bad years, but if you ask most Gopher fans if they would trade a few bad years for a few Elite Eight runs every now and then or a Final Four, I guarantee they'd take it. 
guarantee it. Thank you, AJ. I'm saying I'm not trying to downplay the success that Clem's teams had. I'm saying keep it in perspective. It's not it's not what we recall right now, which is this. It was always great. It wasn't. I'm not trying to take take away from what Clem's teams did, and I think Clem's fundamental approach to building a roster for this school basketball program was actually very smart. But I do think now we, we always say, well, look at what Clem did, and we don't remember the down yeah. cycle. Well, here, okay. I, <laughs> so that's that's the difference. I'm not trying to um, diminish what Clem did with those teams. Yeah. Not to be cold bucket of water guy, because I was four and five years old when Clem Haskins initially had the success in the NCAA tournament. So maybe you can shed some light on this. But uh, the, the Gophers in both of those tournaments, let's be real here got super lucky in that their first-round opponents, the three seeds, They played Sienna once, beat. right? They played Sienna in the second Sienna. round. Yeah. So th- here's what happened, okay? Like, let's flush this out. Let's be fair. Clem Haskins brought an 11-seed gopher team to the NCAA tournament in 1989. They upset the six-seed. Awesome. They upset the six-seed Kansas State. Similar to the 10-7 matchup we saw beating Louisville, right? And instead of playing three seed Stanford, they played fourteen seed Siena. So they, it was an eleven fourteen match. Bradley, correct. They took advantage. Yeah. They won the game, and then they got smoked by Duke in the in the uh, Sweet Sixteen that year. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next year, the same thing happens. The Gophers now are a six seed, and uh, they beat uh, Texas El Paso in the first round. And instead of playing three seed Missouri, they get lucky and get fourteen seed. Northern Iowa in the second round. So they're playing a 14 seed in the second round. They win the game by three, and then credit, they beat Syracuse the next round. But and that was a good team. But the, so, yeah. I don't know. It's, this is kind of a pointless dump on Clem Haskins. It's not meant to be a dump on Clem. It's meant to be, let's have some perspective here. If the Gophers had drawn Bradley instead of Michigan State in the second round, they go to the Sweet 16. Probably without Jordan Murphy, they win that game and go to the Sweet... Maybe. I, it, it, it would have been nice to have Jordan Murphy. They go to the Sweet 16, and we don't put an asterisk next to that over time because we certainly didn't when the Gophers beat Siena in 1989, right? Yeah. It's just a Sweet 16 run. And yes. they got they got the Gophers got lucky in 89 and 90, and it's okay to say that. They don't have to give back those. Well, actually, they did. Or, no, they didn't. They got in to 90, keep those. They kept those, right? <laughs> yeah. They gave they back the one in 97. Yeah. Uh, to, to Tim's point about the Badgers, too, um, what I think if we if we put aside our hate for Wisconsin for a second and appreciate is the Badgers in football and basketball don't necessarily get top guys at all. That's what's impressive. Mm-hmm. Their systems work, and and they their personnel works. So I, I think when we, when we say why can't the Gophers be more like – the Badgers, it's not saying, oh, Wisconsin gets all of these great, outstanding players and and the Gophers don't. It's more along the lines of both teams sort of recruit on the same plane at times or lots of times. So why can't the Gophers achieve the same results? Because it's not as if four stars are constantly going to Wisconsin. Yeah, and that's that's a fair question. Uh, 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami is out uh, today. Uh, we definitely have to get to the most annoying Twin Cities media members bracket, too. Some big, big uh, This was not good for me on Saturday. You think the Gophers took it on the chin Saturday? <laughs> uh, but if there was a bracket for the best car dealerships and service departments in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota would definitely be a one seed. And they would be uh, probably not getting bounced out early as well. That's my guess, because they're rock solid on the fundamentals. 
They uh, have great customer service. They've got some of the smartest people in the industry to go along with some of the most durable vehicles you're going to find as well, Toyotas. In fact, 80% of, of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today because of the durability and the, the sustainability. But you, you combine that with the expertise and the peace of mind at Luther Brookdale Toyota, and you can't go wrong. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Wait, so that Carolina Hurricanes dunking the on ice dunk thing—that was that after was the after wild the wild. Game. I saw the clip coming. I didn't know it was after the wild. The five one win, and they did Saturday what night. else? They tr- they trolled him with the skull chant. Yeah, they started with with oh. the skull chant, which which must have come from Nino, I would guess. So they got done. They beat the Wild five one on Saturday. They started with a skull chant, and then they they brought out a uh, basketball hoop, and and for the uh, basketball. Tournament Van Riemsdyk went in and jumped off his skates and, and did a slam dunk. It's fantastic. Wow. And then I think they might have won last night again at, at home. And for that one, they did um, uh, fishing. So so they they <laughs> dimmed the entire rink and, and then showed like three players who, who were supposedly fishing from the bench. That's and they funny. caught a teammate and reeled him in. That's pretty funny. Oh, it's great stuff. That's pretty funny. The skull chant is savage, though. Hockey people, old time. The old timers like Don Cherry absolutely hate it, and it's absolutely great. Do they only do it when they win? Yeah. Yes, they can. I don't Because it would be pretty funny if they did it when they lost. Start doing it when you lose. It takes a lot of creativity. Good news, gentlemen. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Coming up. Oh, it's. Yeah. Basically, like a, a month away. Yeah, it's going to be upon us before we know it. Uh, J- Jonathan, if you could go to the Team Anthems page and fire up some NFL Films music for this, because this is a seven-round, that's right, a seven-round mock draft from draftblaster.com. So aggressive. Draftblaster. Draftblaster. Draftblaster.com. The Thinking Man's Guide to the Draft. How can something called Draftblaster be called the Thinking Man's Guide? It's a. It, it's that's an oxymoron. It seems a little paradoxical. Yes. Blasting your draft, blasting your guts out with draft pick knowledge. Well, they've got at draftblaster.com, Kyler Murray going number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not going to go through all of the picks in the seven rounds. I'm just going to give you a couple features and then get right to the Vikings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who are the quarterbacks. We've got uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins going to the uh, Giants at number six. Okay, let's get to the Vikings. DraftBlaster.com and a seven-round mock draft yep. has the Vikings loading up with beef, drafting Cody Ford, offensive lineman from Oklahoma, in the first round. All okay. right. Yep. And then in the second round, drafting offensive tackle Caleb McGarry from Washington. So meat and potatoes, first oh, and yeah, second so rounds. They're addressing that, yes. And I would be fine with that. Yep. Uh, third round, DraftBlaster.com has the Vikings taking inside linebacker Khalil Hodge from Buffalo University. All right. Fourth round, defensive tackle Rennell Wren from Arizona State. They don't have a fifth round pick, the Vikings, I don't think. At least they don't on draftblaster.com. It sounds good to me that they don't, yeah. But the Vikings can't help themselves. More defense? Nope. Well, hold on, hold on. They need offensive linemen, so it can't be that. Nope. Quarterback? Nope. Tight end? Nope. Wide receiver? No. Safety? No, no, he, he said it's not defense, oh. not a quarterback. No. Oh, back? oh no, I know what it is. Think about it, Jonathan. <laughs> you use your foot to do it. 
Oh, kicking. Come on, really? In the sixth You're round, done. according yes. to DraftBlaster.com, the Vikings select kicker John Barron from San Diego State. I'm all in on this mock draft. <laughs> you yes. sick son of a... Uh, <laughs> draft Blaster. You, you sadistic blasting of drafts. And then uh, later in the sixth round, with a comp pick, they take wide receiver Preston Williams from Colorado State. Running back in the seventh round, Div- uh, Devine. No, my handwriting is terrible. Not going to work here Naga, anymore. Naga Ozigbo uh, from Nebraska. And then they take, in the seventh round, at the end, a quarterback. Is it pronounced David Bluff or Blow Blue from Purdue? Something like that. Draft Blaster. I want to mock. 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 I want to mock. mock. Yes. What type of sadistic human being sits down and does the Vikings draft and projects another kicker? Well, they're probably looking at trends from previous drafts, right? Mm-hmm. How else would you project seven rounds on each team? You'd have to know that this team has a tendency to draft kickers in the fifth and sixth round and can't help itself. Do you think that if Rick ch- tried to call the draft um, headquarter place and be like, all right, I'm going to take kicker, that, that Zim would, would like somehow disconnect his phone? I want to take a kicker. What, Rick? I didn't hear you. He would just quit, I think. He would hand in his card. Like Zimmer would just walk out? Yes. I want to take Can't a kick. Someone. He r- r- rips up the, con- the, the one-year ad onto his contract. <laughs> I, just took a bang- I just took a job with the Bengals. I'm going back to the Bengals. Uh, gentlemen, what is, think about this question for when we come back here, because I have an admission to make for how my weekend went, especially on Saturday. What's the nerdiest or geekiest thing you still do as an adult sports fan? What's the... What's the thing that you're sort of ashamed of, but not enough to stop doing it as an adult? Because I had one on Saturday. All right. And I uh, want to tell you guys about it. A little therapy session. But let's talk about Luther. Well, we already did that, actually. Let's talk about TCL. So many great sponsors of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. We appreciate them all. Yeah. Let's talk about them all right now, actually. But TCL has a couple nice little TVs in the studio for us, including a 55-inch 4K Roku TV to the right if you're watching on Twitch. And I think this one over here might be even larger than 55. No, they're pretty pretty similar. Probably 55-inch, but they're both awesome. They both have thousands of connected channel options, and they both have uh, easy to toggle back and forth between menu screens, cable and satellite over here, and, uh, and then your streaming channels over there. And uh, there's a new award-winning lineup of TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality, Dolby Vision, greater contrast, brighter, more accurate colors, and lifelike images from the brightest of brights to the darkest of darks. And we appreciate a bunch of listeners to the show over the past few years, just in the last month, have uh, sent us photos of their brand-new TCL TV. So keep them coming. You can go to TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities to find out more about TCL TVs. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. 
or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 